game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Fighting into position, Polisar to the net, a shot off the rush, a save, Skinner, the rebound, cleared by Eckholm, up the left-hand side, McDavid with Hyman in front, Taylor drives settles, shoots and scores! He has four! And Edmonton back within 5-4! Well, Leon Dreisaitl provides one of the greatest goal-scoring nights in the postseason history of the Edmonton Oilers, but it will not be remembered with victory, as is the custom. The Edmonton Oilers lose the opening game of a playoff series. Vegas 6, Dreisaitl 4 is your final. The Golden Knights lead the best of 7 one Nothing. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, Heartland Ford, Overtime Open Line. Thanks a lot for joining us tonight. It's 10:49. Well, Rob, th- to me, no doubt the better team won. You look at some of the key moments in this game. Well, first of all, the Oilers never played with the lead or even got to enjoy tying the game. Drysaddle scores early in the game. Vegas scores 40 seconds later to tie it. They eventually lead 4-1. Oilers fight back to tie it 3-3 early in the third. Vegas scores a minute one after that, and then 50 seconds after that. So the Oilers didn't even get to enjoy a 3-3 tie for a while. And uh, really, despite the Oilers making it interesting in the third period, I I thought Vegas was better, quicker, more detailed, you know, all of the above, the things you need to do to win a game. Uh, They were. They they were the better team. They deserved the victory. Uh, If it wasn't for Stuart Skinner, through 40 minutes, this game should have been, you know, a two or three goal difference going into the third period. Uh, the, old, the only thing that the, the Vegas Golden Knights did wrong is they took three needless penalties. And the one at the end of the second period by Peter Angelo, that could have come back and cost them. It cost them a goal, and it certainly could have cost them the game. But uh, Vegas, uh, it was a team that I said before the series confused me. Uh, I, they don't seem to have the lineup as strong as an L.A. King team, yet they always find a way to win. They won the division. In the regular season so they and that was with a ton of injuries including going through five goaltenders during the course of the year uh they are well coached i thought there was a lot of coaching done in this game where they took apart a weakness of the oilers and that's through the neutral zone they turned a lot of uh, nothing plays into odd man breaks so this was a game that uh an all-world effort by leon drysettle wasn't enough to overcome a team effort by the vegas golden knights and isn't it funny reed how the NHL playoffs are different nowadays than they were before, where in 24 hours, two guys score four goals for teams that lose in the playoffs. That's unbelievable. That is the, it is now the sixth time, pardon me, it is the fifth time in NHL history a player has scored four goals and his team lost. Last night with Pavelski, Denny Savard in 1986, Lanny McDonald in 1977, and Ray Ferraro in 1993. So it was happening about once every, well, well, not even once every a decade? 10 years. But, uh, but yeah, and then all of a sudden it happens two nights in a row. 6-4, the Golden Knights take it. Uh, uh, Rob, uh, and you kind of touched on it. I, I, first of all, the Golden Knights are good. you got to give them credit. Mm-hmm. We knew that 100%. they could push it. Their top nine forwards are good. But I also thought an uncharacteristic night 
by the Oilers, you know, coasting on back checks, not looking around, not covering the front of the net. Uh, you know, the Golden Knights are good enough, as any team in the playoffs are, to, to beat you by making plays even when you're defending well. And, and then you can't give them the free opportunities and some of the free looks that the Oilers gave up tonight. Well, just for, for three off the top of my head, uh, the goal that was a three-on-three, three, Nurse comes all the way across and Drysaddle's guy beats him to the net. That was one goal, one where the DRNA has the puck all by himself behind the net. And again, don't force things. He tries forcing it kind of up the middle. It gets knocked out of the air. They score on that one. And then the, the goal at the very end uh, where I'm not even sure who deflected it, but McLeod's takes his, his guys behind him your job is to take away the stick he takes five feet five feet away and all of a sudden the puck gets through and it gets deflected past skinner i mean those are plays that went in the back of the net vegas also had a two on oh they had two breakaways and they had a couple of two on ones so and, and didn't score on any of those so skinner gave up five goals and i know of off the top man again five odd man breaks including a two on oh that Vegas didn't score on. So this was uh, easily the poorest defensive effort that the others have had probably in over two months. So you hope that they just got all of the all of those mistakes out of their system in one night. All right, 6-4 Vegas wins it tonight. He is at the mic for Eclipse Restoration, named one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit Eclipse247.ca. Here is Jay Woodcroft. Game tonight. Um, you know, I think we gave up one more goal, five-on-five, than, uh, than they gave up. Um, I thought we were a little bit loose. Uh, we made some uncharacteristic individual errors, and uh, we were made to pay. Uh, not clean enough defensively. Yeah, after a series against LA that required a certain amount of, of um, attention because they played that way, uh, did you fall into the maybe the trap of getting into a free flow game and just firing away? Um, you know what? I don't think we adhered to what our game plan uh, was tonight. Uh, I thought we were too loose. And as I said, I thought we made some individual errors that we haven't seen in a long time. Um, so some things uh, for us to get better at, for sure. Obviously, Leon's a great player. He's been a great player all year. But do you see something different in him over the last two weeks that, that would suggest the performance? I mean, this is a historic run he's on right now. Mm -hmm. You know what I think for Leon, he typically raises his game at this time of the year. I think he's one of the highest points per game um, players in the history of the game. His name's right up there with some of the top top people in the history of the game. So um, am I surprised or have I seen anything different? No, I just think he raises his game, elevates his game at this time of year. Was there a, a style adjustment from the last series that you think maybe took you a little bit to get acclimated to? Or? Um, I don't I don't think so. I, I think they certainly play a different game than the Los Angeles Kings. We understood that. We're prepared for that. I just don't think we played very well tonight. Um, you know, I thought uh, we did some things to shoot ourselves in the foot. Uh, we can be better, and we will be better, but tonight wasn't our night. How taxing was it was your team when you had to go to 10 forwards? Uh, 
Um, you know, if you look at the minutes, the minutes are actually spread out uh, fairly evenly, and guys are right around where where they're normally at. We just have more ple people playing a little bit more minutes. Um, but certainly that wasn't according to plan either, was, you know, when we lost a forward there. We follow you closely through the week. We pay attention to lines. Yep. You skated in practice and, and warm-up, I believe, in different lines than you played in. Is there, you know, some benefit to some misdirection with the opposition there? or is it you know is there a risk in not having them practicing together you know what I think um, no is there a risk that they're not practicing together no I don't I don't believe that I think we have a lot of interchangeable parts and games play out the way they play out and when they play out a certain way we we see something in the in the lines and who's going and who might not be going uh, and for us um, you know they played out the way it did today but as you guys know, the, the ones that have followed us here for a long time, we move people around the chessboard all the time. Yeah. Jay, Joe Pavelski last night had four goals in a losing effort, and after the game, his coach Pete DeBoer said it felt like it was a waste. Um, do you come away feeling similar, given that you know Leon Dreisaitl had such a great game and you guys lost tonight? Yeah, I, I don't think our team was anywhere near where it needed to be in order to walk away with a road win in the playoffs. Um, Leon had a great effort. Um, he's been good all playoffs here, but our team, um, you know, can do things a lot better than we did. Today tonight um that said I, I liked our you know we st stayed with it the whole the whole uh, game we had a chance um but certainly there's some things that we can do to clean up um the goals against and, and just uh, if you have any update on, on matthias janmark who left and derek ryan obviously who didn't play tonight. yeah derek derek was uh ill so that's why he missed today's game and um for matthias no i haven't talked to our doctors or anything like that but uh we'll see yeah, we should have an update in the morning. Jay, is perhaps the most disappointing part of all this the goals that you allowed right after the goals that you scored? Um, you know what, I think... I think you're referencing in the third period there, we tied it up on the power play. We went, and it was 3-3. Three, 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 uh, we went a shift or two, and then uh, they were able to get uh, a couple goals in quick succession. In the end, there's individual errors on those plays. So my disappointment would be in some of the coverage errors or some of the puck play errors that were made that led to those goals against that I know we can be better at that I saw. Um, you know, things that were uncharacteristic to our group. In the end, um, you know, I think that's the first game we've lost in regulation uh, since the beginning of March. And uh, the, that game that we lost was in Toronto, and it bare a lot of resemblance to tonight's game. Too loose, and, um, you know, when you score four goals, that should be enough to win a game. But today we're a little bit loose defensively. Thanks, guys. Hey, Woodcroft, after a 6-4 loss to the Vegas Golden Knights. And, uh, yeah, Rob, what, what we were talking about, certainly too loose. And, and, and as we also sort of touched on, playing catch-up almost all night. And Dreisaitl scored basically four minutes into Sorry, the Sorry, I lost you there for a read. Can you ask that one again? Oh, yeah, no, no, no worries. Uh, I mean, the Oilers basically playing catch-up. All night. Dreisaitl scored 356 into the game. 
and the last 16 minutes of the first period was all Vegas. I, I, I mean, maybe the Oilers were even a little fortunate to only be down one after uh, the first period because Dreisaitl got the goal off Brassois' back. Well, the, the Oilers are a much better team playing with the lead because other teams have to open it up. And when they open it up, then the Oilers pick them apart. The Oilers have the ability to come back, and we've seen that time and time again. But the one thing that Vegas has is they can they can pick apart your mistakes now. They do, top to bottom, they've got guys that can score in each line. Uh, they made a couple nice uh, trades. That Barbashev was a fantastic pickup for them. Uh, so when you're trailing against, for example, L.A., they just try to shut it down and, and win the game 2-1. But when you're, tra- when you're losing to a Vegas, when you start having to open it up and take chances, well, they're waiting for that. And we saw that tonight where the others are trying to push the pace, and every time they turned the puck over, Vegas was coming back with an odd man break. So this is, um, the Oilers are capable of coming back, but I don't think they want to be chasing games against Vegas. Vegas, and I don't know if we ever give them enough credit, and I know that I haven't, uh, they are, I mean, they won the division. They won the conference. They have a good hockey club, and there's a reason why, because they, they're deep. When guys go down with injuries, they have other guys that step up. So when they're fully healthy like they're in a game like this, they don't have a whole lot of weaknesses throughout their lineup. So you you don't want to be chasing a team like that. And the Oilers are facing adversity. They haven't had to face a whole lot of adversity in a long, long time. But the times that they have, they've seemed to come out with a stronger effort the next time. And I imagine, as Jay Woodcroft said, there are some things they need to clean up. They scored four goals, but there's some things they need to clean up to be a better team come Saturday. Okay, more post-game reaction coming from the Oilers dressing room. It is 6-4 Vegas, the final tonight in Game 1. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. This report brought to you by Avalon Foundation Repairs, Western Canada's leading foundation repair company for over 50 years and home of the lifetime warranty. When disaster strikes, Eclipse Restoration is there. Water, fire, or storm damage, Eclipse Restoration can handle it. So when it happens, tell your insurance company that you want Eclipse Restoration first. Their family-driven, professional, and compassionate service has helped Albertan after Albertan recover from disaster. And Eclipse Restoration wants to help you next. Call Eclipse Restoration, voted Western Canada's number one restoration company. When you choose, make sure you choose the best. For details, head to eclipse247.ca. It's time to head to the races. Live Thoroughbred Racing returns to Century Mile Racetrack and Casino Saturday, May 6th. Stand trackside and feel the thunder of some of the finest thoroughbred racing in Western Canada. And if you're there on opening day for live racing, you'll be able to wager on the Kentucky Derby. Come have some fun at the races at Century Mile Racetrack and Casino. Opening day is Saturday, May 6th. For more information and to stay up to date, head to thehorses.com. Ladies, 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 Direct Workwear is so excited to announce that we're opening a women's-only workwear store. Our current selection is overflowing as we bring in so many new products and brands. Carrying products for all industries, we believe that safety is based on fit, function, with a splash of fashion. New location four doors north of our Direct Workwear location on Gateway Boulevard. Check us out at womensworkwear.ca. New store opening soon. Enjoy the experience. Gonna shop direct. 
The Super Sierra and SUV sale is on now at Capital GMC Buick. Looking for a brand new 2023 GMC Sierra? There's 250 in stock with prices starting as low as $55,900. Looking to add some personality to your ride? Come visit Capital's dealership and check out the extensive selection of vehicle accessories. Make it your one-stop shop. If you're looking for a Sierra or an SUV, it's a super time to buy. The Super Sierra and SUV sale at Capital GMC Buick, home of Denaliville. CapitalGMCBuick.ca. Hey, it's me again, that Grant guy from Leading Edge Physiotherapy, doing his best to connect you to the right experts for the right treatment at the right time. Like people who are dealing with the long-term effects of COVID, including ongoing fatigue, brain fog, difficulty concentrating, or memory loss. Yeah, we help that too, leadingedgephysio.com. Work local and never miss a game with your friends again. Sherway Construction is hiring. They're currently hiring for heavy-duty mechanics, skilled laborers, and equipment operators. Sherway offers an extended work season, great advancement opportunities, competitive wages, and best of all, you'll be home every night. Submit your resume to careers at Sherway.ca or visit Sherway.ca to see all current opportunities. Alberta's growing. Help us shape it. Join the Sherway team today. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chair. Here come the Golden Knights, Stone across, Stevenson. What a kick save made by Skinner, rebound fired through the middle, and no one home. All right, that's Stuart Skinner's save the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca on a day in which he is named a finalist for the Calder Trophy along with Maddie Beneers and Owen Power. Skinner takes the loss, 28 saves on 33 shots. That's an 848 save percentage for this game. I set the line for River Cree Resort and Casino. Excitement bet on it at 890, which was his playoff save percentage coming into the game, so it's under. Roger gets the $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card as the Oilers lose 6-4. Brassois, the winning goaltender, he stopped 23 out of 27. That's an 852 save percentage, so they're really close in in this one. Uh, Rob Skinner a little bit busier, and as uh, Jay Woodcroft uh, alluded to, uh, behind a team that was a little bit looser as the uh, you know, that's, that save wasn't even the 2-on-0 that Vegas had with six and a half minutes left that could have put it away before Eichel's empty netter. Yeah, and there's other plays. Marsh Show came in from the offside in the first period, I think it was, and, and came across, oh, sorry, second period, came across. He had a great opportunity. There was so many chances that we don't normally see the others giving up. And Vegas is too good a team. I mean, would they have 111 points on the season? This is too good a team to, to play loose against. And they weren't just a little loose. It was a very loose effort tonight defensively. Now the best part is it's just one game, uh, but there will be a lot of video opportunities for the coaching staff as Vegas found weaknesses in the Oilers' neutral zone and they turned them into scoring chances. And they did it time and time again. All right. 6-4 6-4 is your final. Vegas wins game one. Uh, again, uh, Edmonton lost uh, game one to the Kings. They lost game one all three series last year. They lost game one to Winnipeg in 2021. They lost game one to Chicago in 2020. They did win game one against Anaheim in 2017. Lost the series, and uh, they lost game one to San Jose back in 2017. So the McDavid-Dreisaitl era as 
we've dubbed it. They have uh, not been successful in the opening games of series. 780-496-0063 is the hotline powered by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed Pro all the way. We have Brad standing by. Brad, thanks a lot for calling. You're on with Robin Reed. How's it going, Reed? Good. Uh, hey, I, I just want to comment on the game. Um, basically, uh, Darnell Nurse, uh, like, he's out on the ice. He doesn't look like he's putting in a, any effort. McDavid needs to shoot the puck. And I, if they don't do this stuff, they're not going to win. Well, they definitely have to play better. Yeah, well, I, no, I, like, Darnell Nurse, like, what is his plus-minus in the playoffs? His plus minus in the, plus. in the playoffs would be, well, I can tell you right now, I just got to check the game notes for what he is, what he was coming in. Uh, Nurse was minus two tonight, so for the playoffs, he is plus two. So his plus. You can question Nurse's, you can you try, maybe question some of his um, decision making tonight. You're never going to question him about him not trying or not working hard. That's 100% wrong. There were some reads he made that were wrong tonight, 100%. He, along with a lot of players, made some poor decisions defensively. Uh, McDavid had four shots on goal, two assists. Uh, Vegas played them well. I mean, I thought Vegas played them well. They got sticks in the way. They, well, bumped, they bumped them when they Yeah. They, they attacked him. Uh, they, I, I read somewhere uh, they were talking about the difference between L.A. defensively and Vegas defensively, where they say that L.A. plays a man-on-man where Vegas is more of a zone. And you saw that tonight where... Connor didn't have to beat one guy. He had to beat two or three. And there's a great couple great examples. He came through the neutral zone where he'd beat that one guy up high. And normally he'd be able to walk in and fire it, but he beat the one guy. Well, now there's the second guy. And he get around that guy. Well, here's the third guy. They did a very good job pressuring him. And Vegas is fantastic with their sticks, led by Mark Stone. Mark Stone might be the best player in the National Hockey League defensively with using his stick. He's always got it in the way whether it's tipping passes or getting it, take, stealing the puck. He's so good at that. But, yeah, Vegas did a good job. Vegas is good. Um, having said that, as poorly as the Oilers played defensively, they still scored four, and they were uh, one silly penalty at the end of the game away from having a chance to tie it. So uh, they will be better on Saturday night, but it's good. I, I imagine Vegas is going to be better on Saturday night as well. Uh, Nurse played 21-18, seven shots on goal to lead the Oilers, had six hits, which was the most on the Oilers tied with Hyman. And Nurse had the best chance to tie the game for Edmonton with about six minutes left. He cut in on that 2 you know, was, one That was, Reed, that was a fantastic play. That was a set play off a faceoff in their own zone that sprung a defenseman on a two-on-one. They won a faceoff, and they had a set play. Okay, here's here's the play. Before they go out, they talk about it. And off that play, they somehow got Darnell Nurse on a two-on-one. Great. Whoever made up the play, uh, it was a wonderful, thought-out play, but the execution was excellent. And, yeah, you're right. That was the best opportunity the others had to tie it late in the game. So, yeah, I just want to get to this here. Nurse had seven shots on goal, Dreisaitl five, and McDavid four. So that's 16 of the 27 shots from three players. Uh, Nuge didn't get a shot. Fogel, who had some good moments again, no shots. Yamamoto, no shots on goal. McLeod, no shots on goal. Costin, one. Hyman, a couple. What did Kane have? Kane only had one shot, five hits. 
The Oilers tonight, uh, we one of the, the big storylines coming in, Reed, was that the Oilers had the better specialty teams and Vegas was going to be tougher five on five. And I think we saw in the bottom six tonight where the Vegas bottom six were stronger than the Oilers bottom six. And that's something that's got to change as the series goes forward. But yeah, the Vegas is, they're good. They're deep. They got a solid uh, third and fourth lines and the Oilers third and fourth lines that we've seen very good in the previous series. Well, tonight, I guess it was only one line since they, they lost Yanmark and they only had four guys in that bottom four. They weren't as strong as we'd seen them in the previous series. 6-4 Vegas wins. That means a $400 donation to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous. James H. Brown injury lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. They are filling the net with a 100 bucks to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous every time the Oilers score. The uh, goal scores for Drysdale had all four for Edmonton. For Vegas, Barbashev had two. Stone scored Amadio, Stevenson, and Eichel had the empty netter, which will be a power play goal because, as you referenced, you said a silly penalty by Edmonton. Yeah, they had uh, six guys trying to play before Skinner was pulled. And, and it's funny because when it first was called, you could see the ref throwing his hands up, and I'm thinking, okay, they probably left before the goalie got there. And normally if a goalie comes, you're allowed, I think it's three feet they give you, and if he's not in within three feet, the ref will blow it down. It'll be a face-off at center. But on that one there, the, the player that jumped on wasn't jumping on for the goalie. And that's why it was a penalty. He was jumping on for a defenseman. They had six guys out there plus the goalie. They had seven. It was the right call. And it was just a, a, another of a, a, a myriad of, of, of unforced errors by the Oilers in this hockey game tonight. I mean, they were pushing. They had their opportunities. And I, I'm not sure there's anyone in Edmonton that doesn't believe the Oilers with an empty net has a chance to tie a game. But to take a penalty, uh, that was just uh, a brain fart on the bench where someone jumped on too early without their player coming off and really stemmed any chance of the Oilers coming back and tying this game. All right, 6-4 Vegas wins it. All the goals tonight by this guy, Leon Dreisaitl. Is that noticeable different sort of style of hockey or something? Did you guys take a little bit to get adjusted to, do you think, tonight? Uh, yeah, it's definitely a different-looking team, different system. Um, but, yeah, we just... Overall, weren't weren't good enough. You know, it's it's not even close to to how we play and, and how we su successfully play. So, um, yeah, gotta gotta move on and we'll be better. Do you feel like you're coming on a little bit as a team later in the game, but maybe just a little too little too late kind of? Yeah, for sure. Later on, um, we're we're all over them, but um, you know that's usually the game we we, we play from minute one, right? So um, we'll get back to that. Uh, Got to regroup, learn from it, and, and move on. Can you take some joy out of scoring four tonight? It's not no. like that happens every night. No. With their structure tonight, I mean, what stood out for you? Was it just kind of the consistency of it, the pace, or was it something else with what they did defensively? Oh, it's nothing they did. Uh, they're a good team. We, we know that, but um, nothing that we can't handle or haven't seen. Uh, this, this is uh, just on us, um, not, not bringing our best game. Their ability to capitalize on your guys' turnovers tonight, does that kind of exemplify how thin the margin of error is in the second round of the playoffs? Uh, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, they got a lot of skill. Um, so if you turn it over, uh, they'll, they'll make you pay. So they're, they're a good puck-moving team. So um, something that, that we have to be better at. They got a lot of line juggling tonight with going down to 10 forwards late in the first period. How much did that kind of factor in with, with finding rhythm uh, throughout the course of the game, do you think? 
Uh, we we got a lot of great players that that you know can really play with anyone. So. Um, nothing to be worried about it doesn't matter to you if you practice with different lines and warm up with different lines and play with different lines that there's no effect on the rhythm of the team um, you'd have to you'd have to ask the other guys uh, for me personally no it doesn't um, but I'm sure for for some guys it's a little harder but um, yeah. Leon, when you're, when you're behind the net like you were on that goal, are you regularly thinking of a way to shoot? I mean, most guys, their idea would be to find a pass, but that doesn't always seem the case. Uh, yeah, I mean, my first look is a pass too, but um, it wasn't there, so I uh, yeah, thought I'd try it. All right, that's Leon Dreisaitl not talking too much about the goals he scored tonight, though a quick comment on the bank shot with 10 seconds left in the first period. Rob, yeah, yeah, I know I've seen some chatter about that. Well, you know, Woody was trying some misdirection, different lines in practice or warm-up. I, I, I would not think that really matters. No, it, it doesn't. And, yes, he is trying misdirection, and every team in the National Hockey League does it. Every coach I've ever had, it was funny. The players were all like, okay, come on, let's play our, with our own guys. They know what we're doing. We know what we're doing. But coaches always want to coach, and they're always on. There's no off button. But it doesn't affect the players at all. Not at all. They, I mean, Vander Kane's not even dressing for a lot of the practices. Mm -hmm. So they've got a placeholder in there for him most, most days. These players are so good, so talented. Uh, the chemistry is already there. So, yeah, no, it's... There, it does not affect the players. And anything that you see the Oilers are doing, all the other teams in the National Hockey League are doing the same thing. Okay, we'll get to more of your phone calls in a couple of minutes. You'll also hear from Matthias Ekholm. Vegas takes game one, six, four. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 3-2 Vegas after the first. No scoring in the second period. The Vegas Golden Knights win 6-4 to take game one of this best of seven series the other nhl playoff game tonight hurricanes take it to the devils 5-1 that's the scoreboard for advantage trailer rentals your one-stop source for commercial trailer rentals visit advantage trailer rentals.com reed wilkins rob brown with you rob would you consider any lineup changes for saturday well you're going to probably have to because i don't believe yan mark will be healthy uh, enough to play that's just a guess the way he left um i hope he is but if he's not then you have ryan and holloway as options if not one then both uh and then you have to decide if uh, you're comfortable with day going seven or if you want to just go with broberg and six i bob brought brought it up maybe they go 12 and six and day gets a rest the problem is i do think they as much as day has been exposed a couple times in these playoffs i do believe they like him on the penalty kill and they'd have to decide if they take day off the, out of the lineup Ooh who's going to take his spot in one of the pairings on the penalty kill. But there will be some changes. I believe Ryan will be in for sure if he's healthy. And then you have to decide if you're going 12 and 6, then Holloway will get an opportunity. I think he can help this team. I really do. I think he gives them more speed and he gives them some ruggedness. And I think what we saw tonight, Vegas doesn't play dirty. They're not a, a nasty team, but they finish every check. And they've got some big players, especially in their bottom six. Holloway would help them there. All right, we'll go to JP on the Certainty Hotline. Hello, JP. Go ahead. Hello, Reed. How are you? Good. Hello, Rob. How are you? Very good. 
Oh, you guys, I know you guys are coming to a crystal clear tonight. I, usually I can barely hear you guys, but let's get down the brass tag. I'm not even going to try to be uh, with you tonight. There's nothing to do with this tonight. I'm calling in. I am quite drunk tonight. It's a Wednesday, but this is the same thing I saw against the L.A., a lot of uh, a lot of feel allowed, but tonight Connor he he did this he pissed me off a lot. I don't have, uh, swear. I hope the piss off is not a big word to you, but a lot of feel out, a lot of feel out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, he tried to light it up, but it was up and nothing tonight. It was like do uh, you go uh, wait on a line at gate days to get on a ride, and then all of a sudden, oh, it's close. It resulted in not a much tonight in me opinion. I thought it was. Uh, uh, not to mind, whatever. I'm, I'm drunk tonight, you guys. Right. But, uh, but no, no, I'm not done. I'm not done. I'm done, Yuri. I have something to say. <laughs> I up. said there would be three. <sighs> Calm down. There would be three straight win last game. I said this to you guys. Four straight coming, you damn well book it. I will hurry up and say au revoir. All right. Well? Well, he, he called it. JP has made some pretty good yeah. predictions. Well, it's a now, long way from over. Frustrating night today. It, oh, it is a long way from over, and I, I, I still find it hard to believe that the Oilers will win four straight from here on in because I do believe Vegas is good. Um, I, I do see his point about Connor tonight. Uh, I think Connor, at times, was trying to do too much. He's capable of doing it uh, most nights, but you saw the way that Vegas. Um, tried to defend him. They didn't defend him one-on-one. Every time he tried coming with speed through the neutral zone into the offensive zone, they had four guys. And there were sticks all over the place. And uh, when the puck got turned over, it was very quickly going back the other way. So uh, it was through probably the mistakes that were made by Connor McDavid tonight were probably from uh, from trying too hard, if anything. But I am, uh, most nights where, where Connor has an off night, and an off night for him is usually better than everyone else, but an off night, he usually comes back the next game and it has a special night. So uh, we have not seen that big, incredible special night from Connor McDavid yet in the playoffs. Saturday night in Vegas, down one game to nothing, would be a perfect time for it. That'd be our quick change for Jiffy Loop, keeping you moving to and from the game. We have Terrence as well. Terrence, thanks for calling. Go ahead. How's it going? Good. Go ahead. Right on. Uh, I just gotta say, like, I feel like the boys need to re- be reminded that they need the puck or something because they keep on turning it over. Con- I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I've seen quite a bit of turnovers and Darnell, man. I wouldn't be giving him top line minutes anymore. But uh, I gotta say, though, like, they did pretty good considering, but like, come on, I just turnovers. The turnovers are kill, just killing this team. And uh, I'm starting Campbell next game. What do you guys think? Uh, I think Skinner will start next game. Uh, I think that, uh, well, yeah, I mean, the Vegas, I, I mean, yes, the Oilers turned the puck away, but there's, gave the puck away too much, but there's also a, a pretty good team out there that at times was, was forcing that to happen, I think. Yeah, 100%. Vegas played well. The Oilers did not play as well. I do believe they'll go with Skinner next game, but I will say this. I think Skinner's save percentage is around 880 right now in the playoffs. Now, this wasn't on him because he he was left alone a lot today. They played poorly defensively. But I think that the save percentage needs to be up over 900 as they go for, forward in this series and in these playoffs. So uh, Skinner will get the start and deserve it so. But I think they've, they know that they've got a pretty good goalie in Campbell waiting who feels pretty confident in his game as well. All right, we also have RJ on the line. Hey, RJ, go ahead. 
Hi, guys. I love your show. And uh, I just wanted to get your guys' thoughts on Jay Woodcroft. I know you guys have coaching experience amongst your ranks. but oh, Not me. The, <laughs> yeah. Well, you, you know, every, every human that uh, does well for themselves coaches others to do well by themselves. Jay Woodcroft, you know, he's a, a younger coach. You know, the flames fired Sutter. And uh, I just want to ask your guys' thoughts. You know, he's a playoff coach, in my opinion. With you, you're talking about Sutter? No, no, no. Woodcroft. Oh, okay, yeah. You know, uh, like, remember when LeBron James came to the Cavaliers and they had a very structured, respected coach, and, you know, the leadership decided, let's go young, and they won a championship. Jay Woodcroft, in my opinion, uh, he's got an excellent playoff record, and, you know, it's almost like deking the first game or a rope-a-dope. Uh, he's a cool cucumber. Whenever I hear him speak about a loss or a win, he explains it in a way that makes me want to be a better person. What a hell of a guy. <laughs> oh, well, that's, that's... I love Jay Woodcroft. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think it's pretty well established that he's doing a good job coaching the team. Uh, after What did Big David say, that he thinks he's one of the top three coaches in the NHL? Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's probably I think he's, ve he's get very good at adapting, Reed. Yeah. He's very good at adapting in the playoffs, and we've seen that in, in other games. I mean, they lose the first game a lot, and they continue, sometimes they come back and win these series, so he adapts very well. Now, having said that, Cassidy on the other bench is an excellent coach as well. So these are two very good coaches going head-to-head, -head, and the, the boards they, the pieces they have on their boards are pretty good. So if this is a chess game, they got two very good coaches with some with a lot of kings and queens on the board. So this is a uh, there'll there'll be next game you'll see something some new wrinkle from Woodcroft, and then Cassidy's going to have to come back with some way to defend that. But we saw the coaching tonight with some of the, the faceoff plays that the Oilers had. Now the players practiced them, but the coaches put them into play, and they worked. They didn't execute and score, but they work. So uh, this is a, a well, both both teams, both these teams are very well coached. And it's at the end of the series, it's going to be who makes the, the plays, who executes the plays a little bit better than the others. Tonight, it was Vegas. They executed better than the Oilers did. I, sh I shouldn't have laughed. We are both undefeated as NHL coaches. <laughs> that is true. Let's not coach a game so that we can keep that way. Yes, that's that's very true. All right, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Josh is on the line. Hey, Josh. Hey, gentlemen. I just wanted to start off by uh, asking how Dallas Eakins managed to get into the uh, locker room there, because that was some very twenty fourteen looking defensive play from the Oilers tonight. <laughs> I, so I'm sorry. I hope you can hear him, Rob. He's very muddled to I, me. I did hear, and he said he talked to uh, Dallas Eakins is on between periods, and he was talking about. Dallas Akins was breaking down parts of the oh, plays sorry. and stuff. Okay. So, so he, he he's he's very in depth. Um, it it was it's funny they had him. They had another guy. It was it's all the non-playoff coaches get to be on the panels during the playoffs. So it's one of those things. It's a cool gig, but you wish you weren't there. My question 
guys was uh how do you guys feel about the uh, LTIR uh, cap space skirting uh that Vegas managed to take uh, advantage of this year that previously the bigger profile Tampa managed to do it before on the one of their cup runs with uh, Kucherov does it bother me no it's it's in the rules every team can do it follow the rules to to exactly the specifications that are pointed out I mean this year I'm sure they would have rather had Mark Stone not have back surgery not have to be put on LTIR but no, this it. They followed the rules, and those are the rules. Yeah, I, I think. I mean, I guess we could complain about it if we if we wanted to, but I, I guess my stance would be, as both you guys alluded to, other teams have done it, and plus, you have to remember, and so you know, when we talk about officiating things like that, the 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 teams ultimately make the rules. I mean, mm-hmm. if if twenty seven GMs went to the meetings and said enough, we can't do this, they they change the rule. But no GM yeah, but wants know, to change the rule in case he needs to take advantage of it. Well, and y- it's funny. Whenever rules are put in place, they'll vote on them. They'll vote them in. Then the very next day, they'll find the boss, best possible way to skirt the rules. Right. So it, it's funny. They make the rules and then they try to find ways around the rules, but. Uh, Vegas did nothing wrong, and uh, they they got themselves into trouble salary cap wise with some of the moves that they've made over the last couple of years. But uh, I, I, I'm sure they would have preferred a healthy Mark Stone all season long as opposed to a guy coming back just for the playoffs. Yeah, and and I I don't mean to sound like argumentative with Josh, but they're they're not skirting the salary cap because the the league clearly says the salary cap doesn't apply in the playoffs. You know, yep. it's it's like. It'd be like if uh, if in football all of a sudden they said, uh, well, a touchdown's worth nine points in the fourth quarter. You know, it w- <laughs> they wouldn't be breaking the rules by getting a nine-point touchdown. They'd be saying, well, now the rules are different. So that's how you yeah. score. No, I agree 100%. I, I understand the question about it, but yeah. I, I don't know. I, to me, it's not something I dwell on. No, and it's not anything that the Edmonton Oilers are dwelling on right now. Right now they're dwelling on a poor defensive effort. 6-4, the Golden Knights win it. We have Drew and the Secret Professor up next, and you'll hear from Ekholm. It's Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 chance. To move it out, Stone could not do it. Hyman finds Drysaddle, waiting, chipping it off for Swan home. What a beautiful play by Leon Drysaddle, right off the name tag, and the Oilers with 10 seconds to go. Yeah, brilliant goal there by Drysaddle, his second of four tonight, off Brassois back and in with 10 seconds left in the first period. 6-4, the Golden Knights win. Now, the three stars on the NHL game sheet were Barbashev, Stevenson, and Stone. So, Rob, I will easily select Leon Dreisaitl <laughs> as our fourth star for Jandell Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retail. And he nearly single-handedly turns on the Japanese Village goal light, which we activate on 630shed.com whenever the Oilers get five or more in a game. It allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village, Edmonton's favorite teppanyaki steak restaurants. Come in and check out their new location at 3975 Calgary Trail. What do you think of the behind-the-net goal? Uh, fancy, cool, <laughs> skilled. Um, it, it's funny, we, we see Connor try it quite often, and then it, it's connected a couple times. And around the league now, a lot of players are trying it. It used to be there'd be two or three players in the NHL, and their names would be Gretzky or Lemieux that would try things from behind the net. 
the skill level of the players nowadays is is just so good they can pick corners like we never could but what was different about leon's is most of the players are shooting for a spot he was lifting the puck like a shovel and placing it where he wanted to and it was this was a it was a smart play because he understood how much time was left in the period so he knew okay i can try and find somebody but it might not put him in a great scoring chance or I can see a little spot right here, and I'm going to put the puck where I wanted to. Unbelievable play by Leon Dreisel. And I honestly, I thought that was going to change the game. I really did, because the Oilers were not good in the first period. That brought them within one. I thought that's the spark they need, yet the Vegas Golden Knights were the better team in the second period, and it wasn't the spark that I thought it was going to be. All right. Drew is on the Certainty Hotline. Hi, Drew. Go ahead. Hi, gents. Uh, thanks for the broadcast. Um Similar to what you're talking about with the three stars, I can't believe Chandler Stevenson makes the list in favor of Leon. Um, Bob Stoffer, in his, you know, winding up the broadcast, he said Leon was first star, but NHL.com. Well, Bob picks his own, right? I, I just go oh. off the game sheet, right? And it, okay. And as we, we've uh, talked about before, I, I urge you not to take the stars too seriously. It's, you know, a home team won, so I, whoever picked them probably just went with three home players. Well, Reed, I can tell you from experience, I played in Kalamazoo in the minors one year, and we lost 8 nothing, and I was first star. I think I was minus four yeah. and had to skate across the ice and accept my little gift for being though, first star, so yes. Though I will say this, if this game was in Edmonton and the Oilers won 6-4 and Eichel scored four goals, I bet you he would have been the first star. I, no, I don't know if he would have been the first star. He would have been a star. I don't know if he would have been the first, but uh, they, they, yeah, again, it's they they are doing it to get fans to cheer at the end of the game. So that's that's why they're they're giving their own guys stars because they want the fans to be stay a little bit longer and enjoy the party a little bit longer. Drew, anything else? He's gone. All right, uh, the secret professor. Well, this guy's fun. I've been in his podcast a couple times. Secret Professor, hey, go ahead. Going? How's it going, Reed and Rob? Uh, such a huge fan of the show. Love your work. Thanks. I've got uh, a long list of topics, but I'll just jump into it. Feel free to cut me off at any point. Like well, try, the, uh, try to pick your three best points, okay? Yeah, pick your so three I, I, I want to get into some stress management techniques that have helped me personally through the playoffs. But first, I just want to comment on the game. You know, it was a feeling <laughs> out game. It was a feeling out game. And the feeling out period of anything, you know, in a job for the first month, the feeling out period on a first date, it's a very awkward time. So the Oilers have felt out the Vegas Golden Knights. The, the Golden Knights have felt us out. So that's over now. Our revenge meter is full. I'm looking forward to game two. I want to say for stress management, one thing that really works for me is, you know, muting the audio and putting some music on, standing up and waving your arms in the air as though you're in kind of a Southern Baptist church or something. Oh, it's nice to get a light workout in at the same time as the game. It's nice in this busy modern world where all of us struggle to find the time to do things. You do two things at once. It's a perfect, uh, perfect uh, combination. I mean, it's a very stressful thing, playoff hockey. It's like a combination of a job interview plus buying a house times however many number of playoff games there are every year. It's, it's really freaking intense. You know, I listen to Stevie Wonder. I go for a walk. I eat a perfectly ripe pear. I eat a piece of cheese. I do that instead of throwing the team under the bus. I have a strict policy. I do not throw anyone under the bus during the playoffs. Quite frankly, because as far as I'm concerned, okay, listen, I'm just going to go on a 20-second rant here. Let me ask you a question. Is anyone hitting you personally in your day-to-day -day work at your job with a piece of wood in a vulnerable area for the entertainment of Darnell Nurse? 
for the entertainment of Kyler Yamamoto? The answer to that question is no. That's happening 0.0 times every day. So just cut them some slack. Whoever's overpaid by one or two million, just forget about that for a couple of weeks. Just support the team. You know, just do something else. I wish I was overpaid by a million or two. Yeah, me too. And and honestly, I, I have a whole essay about that question, but you know who doesn't throw people under the bus is Jay Woodcroft, okay? And that's one of the key components of his success as an NHL head coach, and I'm taking a page out of his book, and I'm not going to criticize anyone right now. I'm just going to support the team, cheer for them, wave my hands in the air like I just don't care, and embrace the fact that I don't have any control. I can just cheer from the sidelines and, and hope for the best. Um, you know, I want to talk about Dry and Connor really quick. I want to talk about Yams. You know, Dry, just an insane playoff performer, just a legendary, unbelievable, you know, Genghis Khan, Napoleon-type figure who just comes onto the scene on the historical stage and redefines everything. I mean, the guy has played under, like, what, 50 playoff games? Already, obviously, one of the greatest playoff performers of all time. Connor, he's, you know, he's not doing as well as we would hope, but he's adjusting to the fact that the teams in the playoffs have, have, have figured out a little bit of how he was scoring a lot of his goals in the regular season. And once he adjusts a little bit, I think we'll be okay. Last thing I'll say, Yamamoto, okay, yeah, he's the new whipping boy. I know we all have to always have a whipping boy as Oilers fans. We just, we must, there must be a blood sacrifice 100% of every day. But I will just say, you know, there's, there's an unspoken, undefinable, unquantifiable element to a person who's in a workplace, an organization, a hockey team that everyone loves being around. When they go there to the rink, when they go to the office, they just love seeing Kyla Yamamoto there going, oh, 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 or whatever the else, okay? And yeah, maybe he's overpaid by a million dollars according to his box cards, but you trade that player at your own peril. Sure, maybe you can't quantify the difference that makes when he's gone. Maybe, you know, it doesn't make all that much of a difference, but the more people that go who are people that people like being around, the more it hurts your culture. I've gone on a super long rant, huge fan of the no. show. By the way, Rob, we got to have you on the podcast sometime. I have to send you snail mail or something. I don't know how to contact you. you do it. Just huge do it fan. through me, okay? We'll work it out. Thank out. you so much. Thank right. you so much. That is a secret. Prof- well, that was a great phone call. That yeah, was. Went although, to different places uh, with Genghis Khan, Southern Baptist Church. I'm still I'm still Googling a couple of his references. Yeah, uh, he's, he's, I, I, hope he do, I hope he dumbs it down a little bit when I'm on the show, so I'll be able to understand positive, what he's talking about. Positive but that was yeah. yeah, that was very good. I, I, I know what I'm going to do. I'm, Saturday night, I'm going to have Stevie Wonder going when I'm watching the game. That is a fantastic idea. Love Stevie Wonder. They're not letting me do the show from Rogers Place on Saturday, so I can't watch Shania and the game. That would be pretty cool, though. <laughs> Seriously, that you could have Shania. We wouldn't have. We wouldn't listen to to I don't know who whoever they've got doing the game that night. We could just listen to Shania sing. I tell you, the Oilers would be very good if Shania singing in the background. Uh, yeah, I mean uh, the Secret Professor's fun, and I get what he's saying. He's 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 along for the ride, and he's not too worried about salaries or anything. By the way, they don't even get paid in the playoffs, do they? They just get nope, their just DM. bonuses yeah. based on how far they go, but right. it is nothing compared to what they make during the regular season. No, that's true. That, that's uh, that's that's very true. All right, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. The Oilers have lost game one as usual, seven straight series, six four. Vegas wins it. Uh, pretty dominant first period by Vegas. What would you say second period slightly better for Vegas? I thought in the second period the Vegas had the better grade A scoring chances. 
But I it was a quieter period both It was ways, a quieter period. Well, actually, McDavid it was a, had that shorthanded chance. That was a pretty good opportunity. A wonderful pass by by Kane on that one to, to give uh, Connor the opportunity. Um, but, yeah, it was a lower event period. But I thought that Vegas had the better of the chances. Uh, the third period, once Vegas got up by two, then the others pushed. And they shortened their bench. And it was every second shift you got Connor and Leon out there. And they, they made... Uh, they gave you hope, a glimpse of hope, but then, again, a silly penalty, a too-many-men penalty. You just can't do that. When you play good teams, you can't take silly penalties because you got to play per- pretty close to perfect hockey. The Edmonton Oilers did not play close to perfect hockey today. The power plays Vegas 2 for 4, Edmonton 2 for 3. Vegas's empty netter was a power play goal. And, yeah, again, I mean, the Oilers did, the Oilers did what they had to do. Full two-minute power play to start the third. They scored on it. Mm-hmm. And then they gave up two goals in the next two minutes. To be, like really, as you often say, they didn't get to enjoy the game being nope. tied. Tied. They didn't have Vegas maybe thinking like, "Oh man, we were up three-one, and now we're now we're tied, and we haven't scored in a while." I mean, and that's, that's huge. Yeah, it is huge because there, there's no there was no stress on the Vegas bench. If it's three-three, if Leon scores and it's three and three, three-three in the game, and all of a sudden it's five, six, seven minutes go by, now Vegas is going to be stressed. Because, okay, we, we can't afford to blow this game. And Peter Angelo's thing, oh, my God, what a dumb penalty I took. But they didn't have to think any of those things because they responded very quickly. Give credit to Vegas. They responded quickly uh, tonight a few times. And uh, this is a – it was funny. I think it was uh, Jay Woodcroft that said it. He said, this is a different animal. Vegas is a different animal, and they certainly are. They, uh, they play a much more up-tempo, much more offensive-minded, much better – uh, for checking game than the LA Kings did and they are I know it's game one but through game one they they showed more than I'd seen in the LA series and I I give credit that that is a good Vegas hockey club 6-4 Vegas wins it tonight Dreisaitl with a four goal game the last time an Oiler had a four goal game in the playoffs was Yari Curry on April 9th 1987 against the Kings the Oilers won 13-3, and Rob, I looked at the box score on NHL.com. The Kings had 14 shots on net. So they literally would have had to score on every shot on goal to win the game. <laughs> that uh, is funny. So Gretzky had two four-goal games. These are all in the 80s, obviously. Curry had two, Messier had one, and Anderson had one. Well, it was it was, it was funny. When, when Leon scored it, I think they said that's the seventh time in Oilers history that they've had four goals. Yeah. There's 32 teams in the National Hockey League. I'm guessing 25 of those teams have zero players that have had four goal games in the playoffs. Let me quickly sort that. There's um, gonna, oh, wait, I got to go don't, back further. Here. I don't think it happens very often, and the Oilers have done it seven times. They've had some highly skilled players play here in Edmonton. Okay, I just went and back to 1978. Well, yeah, I guess most of the teams, about half the teams weren't in the league then. So, uh, yeah, Pittsburgh has had two, three, Lemieux, Stevens, Gensel. Now, again, Pittsburgh's been in since 67, so I'd have to go back further. But, uh, yeah, that's a good point. It's pretty hard to get four in a game. Well, Uh, Leon did it. Well, I don't know. I I don't know if we're allowed to talk about 
things like this. But there was a, a thing where you could, if someone scored five goals, someone could win a million dollars. I don't know if they're doing that for the playoffs, but I'm sitting up there. I'm like, oh my goodness. Yeah, I, overtime winner, fifth goal of this game. That'd be pretty. That cool. That crossed my mind too. I, I I can't remember if I've seen it advertised in the playoffs. There was when Drysdale had that four goal game. I think against Nashville a few years ago. Mm-hmm. I think somebody got a hundred thousand because I'm pretty right. sure we interviewed them on the face. Yeah, I remember show. you did yeah. interview them. Yep. Yeah. I but. didn't see it. I didn't. They didn't say anything tonight during the the game at all. But it was crossed my mind. I'm like, well, this might be the night someone does get five goals because everything he shot was going in. And like the last goal that he scored, that was a bullet one timer. But it was a, a seeing eye shot that he just knew where to put the puck. And that's what great goal scorers do. They don't need to look at the net. They know where the net is. And they know where the goalie should or shouldn't be. Fantastic night for Leon Dreisaitl. Okay. 6-4 Vegas wins. You'll hear from Matias Ekholm next on Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. Game one goes to Vegas. 6-4 is the final. Here's Oilers defenseman Matias Ekholm. The banter said two of the issues were uh, allowing them to score right after you scored and allowing them to score in bunches. Uh, is that a sign of a team that maybe hasn't played for a while, lost some momentum? What do you think? It's a good question. I, I mean, I, uh, it's hard for me to sit here and say I, I don't think they like to, to be scored on as much as they did either. So um, I, I think... Uh, to your point, I think that that probably plays a role into it. I think uh, us playing a really different team in the first round as well maybe helped a little bit too. There was more structure to there, and then they just kind of backed off, and we had to, we had a lot of um, possession. So um, a little bit of different, uh, I guess, reasons to it. But I, but I definitely agree with them. I thought um, I didn't think we gave them a whole lot of trouble tonight. I thought we gave uh, made it too easy on them, and, and that can't happen. But yes, just to follow that up, how would you assess? The way your team played at five on five tonight. I, I think we can be a lot better, um, especially in the first period, coming out, out of the gate and, and just getting behind the ball right away. It's it's not the way we want to play. So, um, to be honest with you, I didn't I, I didn't enjoy um, the game tonight too much. I thought we we gave them a, a B or a C game, but look at it towards the end. It's a one game still, so there's some kind of strength in that too, but um, I think we can be a lot better. Seems like a really free-flowing game. Usually people would think the Oilers would want a game like that. Why didn't it work out tonight? Yeah, I mean, even though it's free flow, you got to play defense at times, right? So um, we, we, we gave them too much space. We gave them too much time, and, and obviously when they got their their chances they, they they had high execution and buried them and, and uh, that's that's on us we got to make sure to keep them more to the outside and don't give them that high quality chances as we did tonight Matthias, do you ever know how, what Leon does yeah I mean he's a tremendous hockey player obviously he shows it night in night in and night out and he's he's the one driving the driving the bus for us right now and and it's great to watch he's such a good hockey player and and, and I love the way he plays I like the the bite that he has to his game as well and he's um, yeah he's just a tremendous hockey player as a defenseman would it be frustrating to have him behind the net where you think he's harmless and then the pucks in the back of the goal yeah yeah I mean I've been the, on the other side of that for for a lot, a lot of years and and boom being in Nashville he, he he had a pretty high point in goal total, so I know all about it, and I'm great grateful to be on the right side of it. Okay, that's Matthias Ekholm after the Oilers lose Game 1, 5-6-4 uh, to the Golden Knights. Game 2 is Saturday, presented by Friesen Brothers on 6.30. Ched, an earlier one, 3 o'clock, 
for the face-off show. The puck will drop at 5 here on 6.30. Chet, Bob Stoffer has Oilers now from noon to 3 tomorrow. He's extended by an hour during the postseason. All have inside sports from 6 to 8. Luke Gazdick is scheduled to join me. Big thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer this evening. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line.